Support for Analog Talk comes from the camera culture website casualphotophile.com. With in-depth reviews of interesting cameras and legacy lenses, film news and profiles, industry retrospectives, and a unique editorial perspective. If you're into cameras and photography, this is one of the best blogs around. See more at casualphotophile.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the film photography podcast, Analog Talk. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today's special guest, we have Wendy Laurel back. Hi, Wendy. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for joining us. We're so excited (laughs) to talk to you again. Me too. So you have some exciting things coming up. You just released a PDF. Yeah, I just released a PDF on double exposures. Super fun. So can you can you give our listeners kind of like an explanation of how that came to be and maybe even why double exposures is like part of your workflow? Sure. And I had to actually think about that when I wrote the PDF because I didn't really know why I do them. <laughs> but um I do the double exposures because really, why not? It's super fun. I started off by like mimicking just some like digital photographers works that were doing it with like scenery, like mountains and things like that and trees. And um, I thought, oh, I wonder if I can do that with film. So I just started playing with it. And then as I started playing with it, it was like kind of um, addictive. It was super fun. So instead of doing what I had seen before, I started, I, I really like colors. So I started playing with colors with double exposures, like shooting people, but then shooting like an out of focus colored blanket just to add a layer of color over it. Oh, wow. And yeah. then I started, like I would always see people's photography that live in cities and they have all these cool city lights at night with all these out of focus lights but I live on an island and there's nothing at night. There's no light. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, how do they do that? So I um, started shooting a roll of just like out of focus Christmas lights or string oh, lights. Wow. And then I would afterwards take that roll to a session and shoot throughout the session on that roll. And just to add that color and that look that I liked. Okay, so anyway, I just really got hooked on the manipulation of adding colors and lights to my photos. And that's kind of how the double exposure thing took off for me. That's really awesome. So I have like double exposures is something that always happens by mistake for me. Like sometimes <laughs> I, I'm like, but how did it, how did it not advance? Like, <laughs> like how did this not advance? I, I, I don't, you know, but it's always like that's the photo that people are like, whoa, that's so cool. And I'm, you know, in my mind, it's like I messed it up. <laughs> you know, sometimes they do they do turn out really awesome. So I think that's like really inspiring that you have almost gotten down to a science. My, like my question is, how do you know which is going to be like the front photo. So say you have a couple, you Uh you photograph couples a lot. And then like, how do you know what the next image is going to be and how they're going to line up? Is that like too technical? No, it's not too technical at all. And I'm like, so I am, first of all, I love mistakes. Like most of my work is mistakes. Like I (laughs) I, I love that. I think think that the only reason that I do these things is I am not afraid of making mistakes. Right. And some people are scared to make mistakes. Terrified. Yeah. Bring it on. So um, nothing wrong with double exposure mistakes. But as I've done this more and more, I had to kind of learn like what worked and what doesn't work. 
And so the first photo, so, so the biggest aha moment for me is realizing that when you photograph anything with a really light color or white, that's fully exposed. And so this, whenever you shoot next on it, nothing's going to show up in that area. Uh, okay. But yeah. if you're shooting oh, something okay. super dark, like black, then that has no light on it yet. And the next photo, everything will show up in there. So in a traditional double exposure, like you see all over the place where it's like a silhouette of somebody yeah. and then filled with something, you're putting the silhouette of the people against, I mean, you can do like a white wall or a white background. I don't have that here. I just have the sky. Yeah. So I backlight them and I underexpose it so that the people are darker, like a, like a real silhouette, but not all the way like a real silhouette because I want my sky to go kind of whitish. And if okay. I do that, so the people have like some depth to them, but the sky around them is whitish, then the second shot is only going to imprint on where the people's silhouette is because the sky is already fully exposed. Does that make That's sense? So, yeah. So you have to get like that black white mentality because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at first I didn't understand that and I'd be like surprised by things. And then I started like, of course, somebody out there is probably going, what? Of course. Like, what? <laughs> why did that take you so long, Wendy? <laughs> that's how we learn, though. I mean, there's, that's how we learn. Because I have to do everything the hard way, right? right. So <laughs> I'm the same. I have to, like, see it to understand it. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell me something till I'm blue in the face, but when I do it and see it and try it, that's yeah. when I'm like, oh, that's when it clicks. Exactly, which is why you have to make the mistakes. Because right. it took me so long. Like, when I first started, like, the Christmas light thing, yeah. I did, it would happen to be Christmas. So I was like, oh, I'll just shoot these off my Christmas tree. But I wasn't really thinking about like how the pine needles might show up or the Christmas trees uh, okay. might show up. And so then from there, I took that lesson. I was like, oh, what if I hung those Christmas lights on a black sheet in my dark closet? So only the lights show. Well, aha. And of course, I'm not always um, as meticulous to do that. But I try to kind of like use a black t-shirt in a kind of black area. <laughs> Yeah. So that makes just the light show up. So then on the next frame, whatever I shoot on the next frame, that black area is where all the photos will show. Does that make that's sense? So, yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So when you do this in a session, do you shoot the whole, you shoot everything like the couple or could you do a lot at weddings too or not really? Double exposures. So, yeah, I do. I do. So, you know, like today I had a session, two kids small kids, not cooperative, just being kids, right? Like <laughs> they were awesome, super cute, having fun. One girl, the little girl was collecting seashells. So she, all she wanted to do was collect seashells. So what I did was, and I didn't prepare because yesterday was another big day. And so I didn't really prepare for this shoot. So I brought a third camera, a little Lomo, and I threw a mm. roll of film in it. And as I went through the session, I would just pull it out here and there and take like an a shot with it of whatever I had in front of me. And now that role, I will now put the Christmas lights on. Like I, I'm okay. because I wasn't prepared enough to do it beforehand, but it doesn't. And the first time I did it backwards, I was like, oh, will this even work or will I shoot? Yeah. But yeah, it works just the same. So, oh, great. <laughs> so I don't have to be so prepared anymore. I can wait till after the session to right. do it. <laughs> and then I have, of course, I had my other cameras with me. So they, shot the main session so the third camera is like an extra camera and if for some reason i really screw it up and it doesn't work it doesn't matter they'll never know yeah. that what i was right. trying to do 
right? True. Yeah. Or, and then sometimes I'm even less prepared than that and I don't have the third camera. So then what I'll do is take a couple of the rolls of 35 that I shot during the session and I don't want to put Christmas lights on the whole thing because I don't want that many and I don't want to ruin like their session. So I'll take it and I'll just, sh I'll shoot like one with Christmas lights and then I'll just cover the lens so no lights getting through and take like five shots and then I'll do one with Christmas lights and then five shots, six shots. So oh, then okay, I get a okay. roll back that just has like three or four photos like that. Oh, I didn't even think to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So skip around on the roll. Yeah, because if you're covering the lens and pressing the shutter button, no lights getting in there, you're not affecting the photo yeah. that's already yeah. on there in any way. So yeah, this like my PDF goes through all of that stuff. That's just like one kind of double exposure I do. The PDF really goes through all of the kinds I do in really good detail and gives away all those tricks that took me years and mistakes to figure out. <laughs> And that's a little so list for you guys. <laughs> Here, just that's, do this. <laughs> that's so helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really fun to make, but um, it was a lot of time and effort into it. There's a ton of photos in there, and I have a whole chapter just on, like, showing some of my mistakes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because sometimes they don't work. <laughs> and it's yeah. okay when they don't work. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. <laughs> That's just nuts because I've never, uh, I've, I've had the, the double exposure happen by mistake plenty of times, but when I go to try and do it, you know, it doesn't come out the same. But now hearing kind of that little bit of a technique that you just explained, I feel like I, it, a light bulb went off in my brain. So now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna go try it. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to go do it. It's, it's a little easier when you kind of have an idea of how it's supposed to work and then you can kind of yeah. just go off that. Which is what, that's kind of how I learned, you know, I copied other people and kind of got an idea and then just kind of did what my thing. To yeah. It. Love it. Yeah. Do your clients respond well to the double exposures? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I have all different kinds of clients. And so like, I don't, it's not like their whole session is double exposures. Right, it's right, kind of right. like a surprise. They have a session and it's like a couple surprises. And I, and I don't always do the Christmas lights. I don't like to do the same thing all the time. So I always do different stuff and I always like think, dream up new things. And there's a bunch of creative things I do that aren't even double exposures that I like to try out. So they always get something weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then the thing is like on my Instagram, those are my favorite things to show. So my Instagram is kind of weird. Yeah. So, but I feel like that attracts the right people to me. Like, if they want yeah. just like everyone smiling and staring at the camera and a flash going off, well, then they've right. come, they've come to the wrong place. <laughs> What's that saying? Shoot the work you want to shoot. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you, you want to show what you want to shoot. You know, don't right. I, you know? And sometimes I do sessions that you know the people are like, oh, I don't really like that weird stuff you do. Could you not do it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> So do I blog that session or Instagram it? Probably not. Because right. I don't, no. that's not what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. But that's why I love film because you can do all these crazy things in a way that I think is like still authentic because it's all done with the light at the moment when you're shooting the camera. It's not done like later on Photoshop, like, oh, right. hey, I think I'll mm. add this in or do this. Like you do it right then and there and, um, you know, and like film, like you said, like you get stuff by mistake and like you can add a light leak into it. Like yeah. I just love the, I love playing with the colors of film. Yeah. Like experimenting like that. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have like seen Wendy's Instagram, the, the double exposures, the light leaks, like all that stuff. It's just like, 
it, it makes everything like pop so much more. Can you talk a little bit about the light leak technique? Not to get too much off topic, but. Yeah, no. And in fact, I, I'm in the middle of writing a PDF, which is about the other kind of color experiments I do, which would be like the light leak. What else do I do? Like I shoot with filters sometimes. I use like rainbow stuff. I shoot with, I like, sometimes I soak my film in chemicals when I come home just to manipulate mm. the colors. So film there's, soup, right, Timothy? Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. But so I do like all this weird stuff. And um, the light leak is really fun. I think I started that because I dropped my camera mid-roll and it opened up and I was like, oh no, I lost all my photos. Yeah. But then I, <laughs> How I, many <laughs> moments where the camera opens up and you close it real quick like, oh yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. But then exactly, you're like, wait, right? this is even better than I expected it to be. This looks really cool now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I only lost like three photos. I thought I was yeah. going to lose the whole yeah. roll, right? So like, yeah. yay me, right? Uh-huh. So once I started doing that, I started like, figuring out like, oh, hey, I can, there's like a science to me opening the back of the light leak. And then certain cameras, the light leak will show up on the right and certain cameras it will show up on the left. And I kind of know what I'm doing. So I'll put the people on the other side of the light leak. So I still have them in the frame. And that's so, so like, cool. there's a calculated way to make a mistake. Yeah. And then the light leak Quote, color is going to change depending on what color your image is. Like, is it a bright blue sky or are you shooting in grass? Or are you shooting inside a dark room? Like the light hitting the film, depending on the color of your image, it's going to make different colors. Oh, so, I didn't know that. I always thought it was like a red. No, no. Mine are pink because I like pink. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, you do. I Magic. like pink, so I have a lot of pink light leaks. And that's not an accident. <laughs> Wow. No kidding. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. So, and then I know there's one photographer that I don't know him. He's like, I for, you can't even remember his name. I'd have to pull out his book. But he worked a lot with light leaks. And he wrote that like it really mattered. Like you know, when you open the camera back, it matters what kind of light you're shining onto the thing. So he played around uh, with okay. like my camera back. I always, I'm in the middle of a session. So I open it up like in the sunshine. Yeah. But sometimes like depending on my mood, I'll open it really wide. Sometimes I'll just open it a little. Sometimes I'll open it like underneath a colored towel. Like you can change the light that's hitting the film, which is so cool. Yeah. So you can just play with it. So he would like open it by candlelight or open it by neon light. Like, right? Like the possibilities are endless. Wow. That's insane. This stuff like you don't even think about. Like you said, shooting film, you can really manipulate it in camera versus like, you know, spending an hour in Photoshop and putting this filter and this trick and that trick. That's so cool. Yeah. I would never do that. For to me, like the art is in the film itself, like how mm-hmm. it responds to light, and that's the I agree. cool thing. Like if you see someone who shoots Super Eight, and they have like those light flares and they have light leaks, like that's what makes Super Eight such a cool medium. I right. don't want it all cleaned up like a digital video. Right. So to me, that's like the fun of film, and I really love like those. I don't know, like 1970s, 1980s, Kodachrome kind of colors. So I'm like always chasing that. Yeah. (laughs) If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. 100%. (laughs) Man, I, I, that's why, you know, that's what brought me back to film is the fact that it's a digital file is one thing. Like, yeah, you can do stuff with it, but it's, it's not hands on. Like with film, everything is hands on to developing. I mean, that's why I developed my own film and stuff like that too. Cause I feel like there's so much you can do 
in in that part of the process as well like using a different developer for a stronger contrast or yeah. a flatter contrast or it's just it's whatever you kind of want it to be you know like it's not it's not so sterile and plain and I, not to knock digital. I hate, I hate that it, I, you know, I don't want to be like, uh, digital yeah. sucks, but it's for an art, from like an artistic point of view. Cause I, I, I only shoot for myself. You know, I really don't do paid work and stuff like that. So I'm always trying to experiment and do things to benefit the way I want things to look. And, you know, just, I, I love when we get to talk to you, Wendy, cause it's so fun to, cause I always am so scared to open the back of my camera <laughs> or to let a little bit of light touch it or to do something that shouldn't be, you know, and it, it's when I hear you talk, I'm like, Oh, my, that's right. It's not that fragile, you know, right. like it's, it, you can actually do more. And I don't know. It's just inspiring getting to, getting to hear these things. That's so funny because yeah, it can go through the washing machine or fall in the ocean yeah. and then it's totally <laughs> fine. Right. So. <laughs> but um, I never really thought about it from the developer and the chemical side because, of course, mm -hmm. I'm way too lazy for that. Like, I send all <laughs> that to a lab and get the scans back. And, um, but that is really – that is a whole other side. It's, I think it's because it's a tangible, tangible medium. It's like yeah. film is a physical thing. So you can be very artistic with it, whereas – and I just feel like it's like artistic with your hands. Like, you yeah. You're actually making or creating something, and I really like to play with the colors. But the, um, you know, on digital, it's just computer work, which it's like the difference between like a painting and a digital rendering. Right. I don't know. Exactly. I just it just feels different to me, and the, and it's not perfect. There's always going to be imperfections with film, and to me, that's what I really like because that's really like what life is. There is no perfect. There are no perfect kids or perfect families or perfect moments. It's all like even in the most perfect moment, there's imperfection in there. And that's to be human. And that's right. why I like the film because it that's... shows that. And then if I really want to get kind of crazy, because I already am out there, <laughs> somebody told me and it just resonated so well with me. It's like with film, you know, that's capturing light that hit an actual person or object in that moment and then transmitted onto the film, that's like a real thing, not right. a, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. like, I'm, mm -hmm. like I'm stealing their soul kind of way. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm, re I'm recording it like in a real sense, like a physical sense. And to me, that is how I feel. So like sometimes, you know, I have a lot of friends and a lot of them shoot um, hybrid. They don't always shoot all film. Mm -hmm. And if, they're, if we're around, they'll take some pictures of my kids. But if it's not a film picture, I actually don't want it. I'm not going right. to do anything. Yeah, with I feel, it I'm ever. starting to feel the same way. There's like, like ever. I don't want it ever. So yeah. <laughs> it's good to hear somebody else like get that. Like it's it's so hard to like explain that. I don't like it's like the best explanation of like why you shoot film. Like that's it. Yeah, because it's like a real thing, a real moment. It's like a, there's a soul to it. You yes, know? that's it. There's a soul to it. I yeah. I feel it. It's like another connection. So we ha we're, we're really fortunate. And um, do you know John Dolan or his work? Mm -mm. He's an amazing photographer out of New York. And he's, check um, him out. he's been shooting a long time. He shoots weddings. He shoots editorial. He shoots commercial. But if you look at his stuff, it's just like these amazing moments. You know, it's really like his, his work is alive with the emotion of the subjects. 
And he doesn't do any of the like tricks that I do. Like it's just like real moments that he's capturing. But he came out to Maui and did a workshop at my house. And while he was here, I was like, can you do a family shoot? I'm like, family. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And like there was like no posing, no nothing. It was so different than anything I've ever done. But he usually shoots with a Roly and a Holga. And then he has like a Leica digital camera that he uses, especially for like weddings and low light stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you can just not bring that camera. (laughs) Because (laughs) I'm not going to, I go, I don't want to tell you what to do. But obviously I was telling him what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to want any of those photos. I'm sorry. Like, so, so he's like, yeah, that's fine. And it was awesome. We got amazing shots, but. (laughs) <laughs> I That's just didn't awesome. want the digital ones. You're like, I already yeah. know I'm not going to like them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to put those up on the house. So <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Oh, goodness. I know. So now when you started, were you, you shot digital when you started, correct? And then you kind of found film? Um, I actually started with a film class, but I started late. Like, so I started, I was already grown up. I already had gone to school. I'd gone to law school. I was a lawyer. I had had oh, three wow. kids. I never did anything artistic my entire life, like nothing. And I thought of myself as like a numbers person because I was very smart with math and um, law and, you know, very rational thinking person. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I had all these kids and I was kind of drowning in diapers and I felt like I didn't have a life. My husband's like, oh, why don't you take a class at the college or do something for yourself? So I looked and they had a photography class. And I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool. Take pictures of the kids. And it turned out to be a black and white darkroom photography class. Classic. Classic. I took that thing and and I just fell in love. I'm like, and then, yeah, from there, because everyone else had digital cameras, I was like, oh, I have this film cameras, but I think I'm supposed to shoot digital but I kept shooting all the black and white on the film camera because it looked so much prettier. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I had the digital camera for a little while. But then I started seeing film work. And I didn't know it was film work. I was just like, why do those photos look so cool? And this looks so crappy. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, not a good digital photographer. I was like messing with those actions and trying to get everything to look the right color. But I couldn't figure it out. It didn't look the way I yeah. saw it. So, yeah, I picked up, I got into Lomography and I got like some little old 35 millimeter cameras and um, just started, started shooting like cross process film and color film on like family vacations. And I was like, this is really cool. These are the colors I was looking for. This looks like, you know, a film from the 1980s, right? Yeah. This looks like my childhood pictures is really what it is. It looks like my childhood pictures, like at the beach with the blue skies yeah. and the red pail. And um, that's probably why I love it so. And then I stumbled on um, John Canlis's Film is Not Dead workshop series and learned how to like really shoot film correctly with a meter and all of that stuff. And then I just never used the digital camera again. Never went back. That's my favorite part, that you never went back. No. (laughs) Like when I shoot professionally, it's like it has to be with digital. Why? Well, because I shoot a lot of headshots in LA and I don't have any excuses for you, Wendy. (laughs) Actually, no. (laughs) 
I was going to try and make up some stuff, but I guess you're right. I could shoot headshots on film. What is my excuse? You could like shoot them on digitally for the client and then shoot a couple rolls just for you. And then yeah. if you like them, yeah, start you- showing that and booking that. Mm-hmm. I, you uh, should do that, Chris. I know. I was, I, I'm actually shooting an engagement session um, coming up pretty soon, which I haven't done in probably f- five years since I moved to LA, probably about five years. And I'm like super excited. Now I want to try the double exposure stuff. I'm going to try and open the bag of the camera. I'm like super inspired to like, and he he's like one of my friends. So he's like, yeah, whatever you think. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun now. <laughs> there you go. That's fun. Yeah. What is it like? You're supposed to shoot like a little bit for them and a lot for you. Or yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the other way, but I do. Because when, cause when I was shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the other way, but I think I yeah. do it my way. <laughs> when I was, I was shooting weddings um, before I moved to LA. I, I, that's when I started getting back into film. Yeah. And I was like, you know, doing the hybrid thing. But it's, it's you know, part of the fear we just talked about. It's like I, digital, I know that I have it. And then they know that they have it because you're like, you know, showing them the back. Here's the back of the camera. Here you go. We'll scroll through a few. And I was always like, I would shoot maybe one or two rolls if I got through it. And then I would love those the most and be mad yeah. that I didn't, didn't just do it, you know? So yeah. that's why like, I'm super inspired by like people like you and Jonathan Canlis, all those people that just, that's it. I'm all 100% film. Well, it's just easier. It's easier to me too. Like honestly, is, the digital camera had so many settings and the ISO and the this and the that. And like film, like my camera has like two knobs. I'm like, oh. Yeah. My aperture, and I'm not going to move my aperture much. So I just move my shutter speed, and that's all I have to do. Yeah. So, and I just use my light meter, and it tells me what to do, and I do it, and oh wow, it works, right? Like, so, yeah. So, Man. so that's you know that's better for someone who's not super tech driven. Yeah. You know, I'm more, um, which is funny considering my background, but I'm much more like art driven now. And like for inspiration, I'll look at modern art, like color field paintings, which are just paintings of color. There's not even a subject. And that inspires me so much. And Mm. I think that's why my photography is heading the way it is. Like I feel so much in those paintings. Like I don't even know how to describe it. And if you've never seen one, like there's one that I love. I don't, I don't know who did it, but it's like this big pink canvas. But there's all these variations of pink. And then there's some gold in it and yellow. And it just has so much variation in that without even an actual subject. And I feel so much looking at it that if I can like bring that aspect into my photography, even into ones that have people into it, that's kind of like what I love. That's so, so awesome. We've talked about like inspiration on the show before and like where it comes from and how one thing can, can inspire a whole way of shooting, you know, like yeah, seeing like a colorful painting. Now you want, you want to like, you know, put that into your work or, you know, trying a different film, just like things like that. I think that's the best part about photography in general is like inspiration for me can come from just some random thing. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to do like, I'm going to do this whole series now. I'm going to do this zine on just this. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really awesome if photographers can try to get their inspiration from somewhere outside of photography. Like it's yeah. really easy to look at other photographers. Like I can do it all day long. Everybody I think is better than me. Like, oh my mm-hmm. God, did you see what they're doing? Oh, and that's so cool. Like everyone has these great ideas. But, and, and there's, there is value in copying people. It's how you get started. It's how you learn what you're doing. 
But it's so much better if you can get your inspiration from other art or just real life or like, and I never even thought this until I'm standing here talking to you, but, but I never realized how much my photography is really trying to capture the colors of my youth. Wow. You know, like, and those mm. photos that I remember having from, you know, our summer vacations and growing up in that, you know, different time. Right. You know, and so, yeah, it's just kind of cool how all of that works together. And it really like the things that I loved when I was six and seven are still the things that I love. Like you change mm -hmm. and you grow yeah. up and you do all these different things, but you kind of are who you are. And I always loved color. You know, I wasn't an artist. But I, I was very particular about the clothes that I wore. And everybody, mm -hmm. all my friends would be like, oh, it's stripes. Wendy would like it. You know, like, yeah, I always yeah, liked yeah, stripes. Yeah, yeah. I always liked rainbow. I always liked bright colors. I always liked summer. That's how I ended up in Hawaii because I wanted to live somewhere with blue skies. And I think my photography is just a reflection of all those things that really are me. That's so cool. Man, just hearing you say that, it, it kind of made me feel the same way. I mean, I'm I'm on the whole other side of the spectrum. I'm yeah. just like a black and white <laughs> shooter. But it, it it's it's funny, though, because I, I try to emulate, you know, my youth and like a certain feeling with my photography that I that I feel like I always have. And it, it's just wild that and also you said something, too, about just uh, looking for inspiration outside of photography because you know you can really burn yourself out when all you're doing is just photography all the time mm -hmm. you know like I, I find myself getting a little like angry sometimes like oh photography all the time you know and it's just because it's like I would you know I'm trying to learn and absorb and soak it all in and stuff like that so it's uh it's good to you know put on some music and gain inspiration mm -hmm. for that or go to an art exhibit and look at some paintings from the 1400s or something you know what i mean like there's just there's inspiration out there mm -hmm. everywhere mm -hmm. that it, it you know it could be completely different of what you're going for but you can still find something in it you know that you can relate to or you can learn from or grow from like it's it's wild it's wild how art is in general i agree and i think you know you had that interview like an episode or two ago with pete mm. and he was yeah. talking about how he shoots in his area which is like down near the beach in la how he like tries to find like the things that are more old old that area not you know they could have been shot at any time yeah, not the yeah. newer stuff. Yeah. And it really made me think about like the area that I live because it's true, like everything's changing so fast and it's so cool. I do take those photos and like I have photos like of places in Waikiki and places in Lahaina that just aren't even there anymore. You wow. know, and like oh, going man. out and hunting that down and shooting them like for me it would be color, for you it would be black and white. But just in that way that's really nostalgic and like I mean, it's a stupid word, but cool, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> cool to me, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's about. It's not about like if it's cool to somebody else or to your audience or to like whoever's out there. It's like how it makes me feel, right? Yep. So like the only person I have to worry about is like, do I like this? If I like it, I'm shooting it. If I don't like it, like I just don't want to shoot it. I do not want to shoot things that I am not interested in. Right. Man, 100%. And I think I think that's the hardest thing for us to remember, too. I think we're so easy to try to please and to fit into the, 
not stereotypes, but the trends, you know, like the trends in photography and stuff like we what gets more likes and more applause on Instagram or Flickr or Facebook, whatever it is that you post on. You know, I feel like we all try to lean towards that way. And there's there's nothing to get out of it other than, you know, some fake. Well, they're not fake. People actually appreciate stuff online, but it's not real. You know, like you're not liking it. Like if you're. Yeah, I I feel like. No, I I totally know what you mean, and I agree. And I feel like um, I feel like you almost have to be a rebel. You have to be a rebel, yeah. And you have to like, yeah. Like when you talk about wedding photography with film, it's like yeah, it's super popular and it's beautiful, right? But yeah. Mm-hmm. When you start looking at it, really looking at it, look for the. There's lots of film photographers that do outstanding jobs and catch emotion and the beautiful details, and then there's a whole lot. They get beautiful details and really stale people because mm-hmm. they're because they're mimicking it, but they don't really have it all the way down. Like their people are, you know, like especially like when they're doing a lot of the styled shoots, the people are beautiful. They're models, but they're just really static. They're not moving. There's yeah. not a moment there. And it's like the people that can shoot film and catch the moments. Right. That's the people that I'm like admiring. Right. And film like. When you say film wedding photographer, you get kind of lumped in like, oh, everyone's looks like style me pretty, right? Right, 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 right. You know, and I love style me pretty. You know, it's it's gone now, I think, not sure, but, um, and I was featured there a lot, but I would, that's not like if if I blogged a wedding and then style me pretty blogged my Mm -hmm. wedding, they'd look like two different weddings. Right. Because I would get the things that, you know, the pretty shots too, because that's a part of the day. But then I would also try to get creative stuff and artistic stuff and emotional stuff. And I think as a film photographer, you don't have to be limited to this one way of shooting film. Mm-hmm. That there's like lots of cameras, there's lots of film stocks. You can shoot moments. You don't have to be scared of people walking down the aisle or right. dancing or kissing. You can shoot all that with film. Not just wow. the people standing still. Yeah. It's just got to be so much easier to do it. I I hate that we, the stress of shooting film at such an important event like a wedding is the stress upon like missing the shot. I would rather miss one shot than have 3,000 shots of, mm-hmm. you know, a fork of cake going in someone's yeah. <laughs> mouth 20 times. You know, yeah. like... I, <laughs> I just know, like, if I ever get called upon to do something like that again, you know, I'm just gonna be like, look, I, this is, this is what we're going for. You know, like, yeah. I am not, yeah. I'm not gonna lug two 5Ds on my, on my hips and worry about 8,000 photos. Like, I would just wanna, cause I, I don't know, I, I've shot weddings and stuff in the past and I just, those pictures were so, I mean, they were great. They were framed great and, mm-hmm. you know, they looked great, but they were awful just because there was nothing there. I wasn't putting anything into it, you know, and I was, I don't know, there's just wasn't any, any feeling in the digital stuff. And I, and, and again, I'm not trying to, I just feel <laughs> like I have to apologize for digital cameras all the time. Cause I mean, hey, people make a living out of it and that's great for them, but I just don't think that I could ever go down that road again it would just be awful for me because i don't get anything out of it and it's not to sound selfish this i do this for me you know like i'm doing it to get 
everything out of it. Like right. that's why I do it. So it's it's just crazy. Well, I think it's crazy to think. I think that whole thing that you just said is based on this false assumption that film can fail at a wedding, but digital can't. Right. And, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. not true. It's the totally only, not true. The only wedding that I really screwed up was on digital. And I shot mm. over a card and was unable to retrieve. Yep. Like yep. most of the ceremony was gone. Oh man! And that happens. Oh, that ha- people lose cards. Cards are corrupted. Yeah. Like and film. If I lose a roll of film, that's sixteen shots. If I lose a whole digital card, yes. well, hey, that's hey. like a, th- a thousand photos sometimes. Right. So I I don't know why people are even scared of film. Like I like yeah. you were saying, you can throw it through the washing machine and it's still gonna work, right? <laughs> Sometimes, mm-hmm. but, but but you know you're not going to throw it through the washing machine, and like it's really got like for me to be able to shoot it and be successful, it must have a lot of flexibility and latitude because I am yeah. not <laughs> a perfectionist and I am not super tech technical, and I you know and to me it's easy. So digital was like harder. Yeah. So I you know I think that you know film. And you, and you can't catch all the moments no matter what you're shooting unless you're bringing in a team of photographers. I was just going to yeah. ask, do you, do, you have, do you have a second shooter with you at your weddings? Uh, I do. Or like an I assistant? Ha- I have an assistant that helps me load so that I don't get like bogged down and trying to load and yeah. stuff. And I like having someone by my side to carry my stuff so I don't have yeah. to carry it. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> That's yep. the worst. And he, do- and he does have a camera and he does take shots. You know, and sometimes they're great and I use them, and, but but my shots are the wedding. Like, right. you know, I don't yeah. I don't need the shots. Like, they're extra and it's awesome when they're great and I can add them in. But um, but it's my shots. Like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to cover everything that I think is important. And it's not everything in the wedding. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's the key moments. It's the emotion. And not every wedding will have a key moment at the kiss, at the cake cut, at the dance. Right. Like it's just what that wedding is. And every wedding and every family and every couple, they're so different. I'm just trying to record their day, the way I saw it. And will I miss, you know, someone crying or a hug after a speech? Well, yeah, I probably will. And, you know, I'll try not to miss the kiss at the ceremony, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I used to like freak out about the weddings, but now like, I've been to so many, I have such a mm-hmm. routine and I know it always works out. So I can't stress on it so much. It's just funny too, because there, I'm sure, you know, Uncle Joe at least got one of those kiss snaps <laughs> yeah, with his cell phone. Right. So like there is a picture of it or somewhere. Or his 5D so we, Mark III. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if and like if the guests and stuff are doing that, like go right ahead. You want to get that mm-hmm. shot too? I don't mind at all because it's their day too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just think... I mean, if I think about it too much, it's like, oh, like it's a wedding, but it's just, it's a wedding, you know? It's not- it is, yeah. <laughs> so can I ask another question? Sure. Talk about weddings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what do you shoot at the reception? Um, well, I shoot the same two cameras I shot all day. I shoot the contacts usually, or sometimes a Pentax, um, mm-hmm. usually the contacts at night. And then I shoot um, a Canon 1V. But it just wow. depends what's going on. Are we inside? Are we outside? Is it light? Is it dark? I use a lot of video lights at night with the medium format right. to get lights and the look that I like. I'll use flash on a 35, like with a wide angle lens for dance pictures. And 
I usually use my Lomo for that, a Lomography camera, because it... Man, I bet those look so cool. They do, and I don't have to think really hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. Like, that's really my bi- business model. You know, don't think too hard. <laughs> don't think. <laughs> just shoot. Don't think, just shoot. That's right. That's it, right? Don't be afraid to push that shutter button. Just push it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah. I feel like I could pick I could pick your brain about all this other stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I'm that wise. <laughs> I think I'm just like able to make mistakes easily. So that's that's that, the, that's, that's the key. That's, that's the key my in su- all of it. My I think. superpower. Yeah, that's my superpower. Yeah. Just your your courage alone is what 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 hooks me. <laughs> it's, it's not courage. Like it's not courage. In fact, if you knew me, my kids would just die laughing because <laughs> I am the one that will not get on the roller coaster. Yeah, that doesn't want to go up the ski lift. Like you know. I am not a courageous person at all. But it's like, Man. what's the worst that can happen? It's a piece of film. You're taking a picture. Yeah. You could spend yeah. a little bit of money. Wow. You know? I think I think what it is, is like, especially like, you know, people who are new to photography and started with digital, it's the fact that you can't see it. That's, it's like that safety net of being able to just look, just to look to look, you know? That's the freedom of it. Because yeah. I'm not focused on the back of my camera. I'm focused on actually the people in the moment in front right. of me. I'm not thinking about tech stuff. I'm thinking about how the light looks through her hair, her smile, what they're talking about. Like, I'm focused on the moment. I'm there with them. I'm not in a separate space, if that makes sense. Man, it's that's not, so freeing it's, just yeah. hearing it's that. It's about like <laughs> what we're talking about and what's going on much more so than it is about the end product, the photos. Yeah. And then, you know, once you start shooting film, like I can't, you guys talk about it a lot and I'm a huge fan of shooting for yourself personally. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. just only pick up a film camera when you're going to a wedding or to an engagement shoot or whatever. You have to be shooting your life, like your friends, your night outs, your beach days, your kids, like whatever you got going in your life, shoot it because that's where you learn. That's where you make your mistakes. That's where you feel comfortable with that gear. So when time you're in front of clients, you can just hear, oh, my camera sounds bad. It must need new batteries. Like you don't have to think about it. You're just in tune with it. It's like an extension. Yes. Yeah. Man, that is true. Cause I do. I lug a camera everywhere. I was gonna say, I, me too. Every, I always have one. Everywhere with me. I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I did the thing that I didn't want to do on this podcast. I <laughs> I always sound too happy in interviews and too like giddy and excited, but I just can't help it. I guess. Yes, because we yeah. love it. That's why we do this show is because we love it so much. It's true. Film is so addicting. It's so yeah. much more than just a thing I do. It's like my lifestyle. Right. Right. 100%. We've talked about that for sure. I have this super cool project I'm doing or attempting to do or thinking about doing. I have my husband buy this huge sheet of plywood and I'm going to print out like photos. Like I've been taking photos of my kids since I started shooting film and they were all pretty small. Oh man. And just like my favorite ones from all the years. And then like using like Mod Podge and making like a wallpaper yeah. on that thing. So it's just like a oh, surf yeah. shop kind of graphic, like with color and black and white and just all of the things that I've done. Holga shots of them. And, and I can't wait. I just gotta that's, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. We have to post some photos of that. I want to see that when it's done. <laughs> I know. That's like a, <laughs> it's kind of scary how big a project that is. But <laughs> just getting all the photos together is the hard part. <laughs> 
Did you have? Do you ever print your work? We talked about we talk about like printing our work in zines a lot on the show. Do you, do you ever print any books for yourself? I print family albums all the time. Mm-hmm. Actually, I haven't done last year yet, and we're already in what like April. But yeah, I'm usually mm. I'm usually better than that. But I've been super busy, um, and you know I have four kids, and that's just like a huge chunk of time. Yeah. <laughs> But like, that's like how, like my childhood, it's, it's all in books at my yeah. parents' house, you know, yeah, it's like awesome. these kids nowadays, it's like all on people's phones. I'm like, what's going to happen to those photos when they're want to look back when they're 18 or whatever age, you know? No, I have them on the walls. I have them in the books. And then what's really cool is, um, artifact uprising every once in a while, they do yeah. a sale and you'd like, Oh, upload like 50, you can get 50 five by sevens or 54 by sixes. And I'll just do it. Like the day that I see that little announcement go out for like some yeah. ridiculous price, like a hundred photos. So I have like a couple of shoe boxes full of prints. And just the other day, my daughter's like, I have to do a family tree. And I was like, perfect shoe box. Look in there. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Timothy's, he, 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 what you print like almost every roll, all four by sixes too, just oh to have. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, I'm a little behind. I haven't done it in a little bit, but I, yeah, I, I, um, uh, there's these little, uh, they're like leather bound photo albums you can get at Target for, I think it's like 15 bucks for two of them. Usually they do like a buy one, get one free every other month or something like that. So I'll just like fill the shopping cart full of them when, when that day comes. And yeah, I just print out all the four by sixes and stick them in there and just have a backup of everything That's awesome. printed on four by six. Yeah. And plus it makes it easier when like now I'm starting to put together a little project to maybe do a book by summertime and it, it, they're just all right there. I don't have to sit and kill my eyes at the computer. I can just like go out to the dinner table and flop all these books down and you know, it's a lot easier to work yeah. with something that you can actually hold. So right. That's cool. it's, and does it say like on the back of the print, like where you can find it on your computer? Like, you know. Oh, well, now they're going to. That was a great <laughs> idea. A idea. Thank you. I'm, I can never find. I can, I'm so unorganized. I'm, I can never find the, I'm the file worst, that right? I want. I know. But I you, usually, uh, there are these little lines next to the pictures, kind of like a date line. You can yeah. write the date or whatever. And uh, I have been where the negative is in the in the folder i have like a coordinating date roll and a b or c kind of thing going on with that like i do have a little bit of file management yeah. with it but i need to i need to work on it a little bit i need to get that a little more organized that's kind of cool you know what the other thing i do that i just thought of is um chat books do you know what chat books is oh what's that so no. it, it prints out your instagram feed for you in these little photo books and sends it to you automatically like whenever it's oh. so many pictures and so my Instagram feed, like it has like my clients, but also my kids, like whenever mm-hmm. I have a great picture mm-hmm. of them and it has like, oh, it's my kid's birthday or it's blah, blah, blah. I don't like do, I'm not, I'm really bad about being super personal on my social media just because I'm shy in real life. And I guess yeah. I'm shy on social yeah. media right. too. <clears throat> and it always comes out sounding kind of like, like I'm trying too hard or whatever. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good at that. So, but I love the chat books because I don't have to think about it. It just automatically sends it to me like every whatever two months I get one and it's got like whatever I wrote about the photo and the photo in there. So oh, I can cool. see my whole life oh. kind of unfolding in there. Don't take up that much room. So I have like this whole like shelf of just chat books with the dates. And so my kids Man, have that I, too. 
writing that down yeah, right I was now. Say, yeah, I need to look that up. <laughs> I need to do and that. It's, it's super cheap too. It's like I don't know, like some ridiculous price per month, like you know. And it just happens automatically without me thinking. You're, you can like they'll give you a heads up and be like, "Hey, your chapbook's about to go to print. You can go in and pick what you want the cover to be." And oh, I cool. used to do that, but now I just don't care. Just put whatever it is. Yeah. You pick people. Oh. Yeah, that's just so cool. Just send it to me. Yeah, I love automated things. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like Thanks. a nice surprise too, but just shows up. You're like, ooh. Yeah. A little it present is. for myself. It's, it's fun to look in there and I'll be like, oh yeah, we were doing that two months ago. And remember this? And so yeah, cool. It's fun. Man, that, I guess that, that kind of helps time not go by so fast because, you know, you kind of get to relive everything every couple every couple months. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> with, with it's, those. it's almost like heartbreaking because I look in there and like my mm. kids are smaller and you realize. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like almost the opposite. I'm like, wow, time is going so fast. Because like, <laughs> it's it's like those little kids. It's not like, oh, they grew up and they're my big kids. They're like, those little kids just aren't around anymore. Like they're these yeah. different people now. Oh, right. Yeah. Older. So it is. You'll see someday. It's yeah. Heart- <laughs> it's a heartbreaking thing. <laughs> Too being funny. A, yeah, being a parent is not for wimps, that's for sure. I'm being schooled daily. I have teenagers yeah. now, and I like everything that I thought I knew, everything that I thought how I raised them is all like upside down and sideways, and I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Arlanes on Instagram. How do you get Ektar to look so good? Wendy, since since you're the pro at this, how about uh, <laughs> how about you give us some some hints? Well, it is my absolute favorite film. Um, I feel like it does the best job of actually recording the colors that I see here in Hawaii because it's a kind of saturated atmosphere that I live in. But the trick to Ektar is, one, you need a lot of light. It's, mm. not a, it's not a film to use inside on a dark day or outside on a dark day. It shines with sunlight. Like I shoot it backlit. I shoot it direct sun, but it just needs that light. I don't. I shoot it at box speed. I don't overexpose it. And um, your lab matters, right? Like with um, any film, yeah. like how you develop, how you scan, all of that matters. But still, Ektar should look like Ektar. And I think as long as you're like, you know, it's made for summer. It's made for mm-hmm. blue skies Hawaii. and. Yeah, it's made for me. But the best part about it, like I shoot it in medium format and I shoot it in 35, but in 35, it's actually the finest grain color 35 film there is. So I only shoot it as my color 35 because when I shoot something else, I can see the grain and it drives me insane. Oh, interesting. Ektar is just beautiful in 35. Anyway, so I hope that helps you. Arlene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think you need um, lots and lots and lots of light because anytime, you know, if you underexpose Ektar, it turns into the ugliest thing I've oh, ever yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. It, it gets so muddy and like purple and weird. But when the lighting is, you know, you have a bright, sunny day. Man, I love I love that film. Yeah, when it's, it's beautiful. It, it is. It's, it the, is. it's that look I was talking about. It's the 1980s Kodak at the beach. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. that is that color. Because if I shoot Portra 160, which I do love also, like it has really nice skin tones, but the blue sky it records is not the blue sky that was there. 
Right. It's like, it takes yeah. some of the color away, which drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I love Ektar. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Robert. So, Wendy, our listeners always enjoy when we ask our, our guests, what's their favorite? If they had to pick one camera, what would it be and why? So, like all your people you interview, I hate this question. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very hard because I use like a bunch of different cameras for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But I will say that the camera that is going to be my favorite that I really, really want is the one that that Japan camera hunter guy is going to make. Ooh, great answer. Okay, that is what I want because my favorite camera, like when I'm go on vacation and I got all these kids and things to carry, my favorite camera to bring is the. um, I don't even want to say its name because everyone goes out and buys it, and then there's no more for me because I keep. Yep. Yep. yep, Because I keep breaking them, but it's like a little 35 millimeter point and shoot. But it has exposure compensation on it, so I can shoot it backlit. It looks beautiful. Mm. The lens is gorgeous. So I can shoot like what I would consider like high quality professional work on this little teeny camera. So like I love that camera. And so if he's gonna come out with a new camera that's mm-hmm. just like that, so it better have exposure compensation on it. Hear that, Bellamy? Yeah. <laughs> better have it. Um, in fact I should email him and tell him that. I'm sure yeah. he knows. But um <laughs> And it doesn't break all the time. That would be my favorite camera. Yeah. When we had him on the show, that was like one of the most exciting things about it. He's like, we're going to have tech support. We're going to have people who can fix them. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Well, my yeah. I keep breaking mine. And my guy that fixes my camera does keep fixing them. So that's yeah. nice. But, you know, like the, when I first bought one, it was like 500 bucks. Now it's a thousand. Oh, so I, oh my I goodness. I own three and none of them work right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. So the other one is like the Lomo wide is like super easy to put in my pocket and I don't Mm -hmm. even have to do anything with that. You just push the button and shoot it, but it's not like super professional, but it's super fun. And then, yeah, that looks like a fun camera. Yeah. And then like, gosh, I love all my cameras. I mean, like I wouldn't go to a wedding without (laughs) the contacts, right? Right. So I don't know. It's really hard to choose. So that's, we stump everybody. It's okay. That's as good as you're getting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, this has been amazing, Wendy. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me again. Oh, and you know, if you guys want to get the PDF, which I'm like the worst salesperson, like I hate doing the whole sales pitch thing. <laughs> it's on my website. The price is I got an intro price right now, $99, but it's going up today, I said. So I have to get around there and change it to $149. But for your listeners, I'll give you a code. If oh, just... great. Oh, that's so cool. Thank uh, you so much, yeah. Wendy. And let's make it easy so I remember it. <laughs> it's analog. And then if they put that in, they'll just get it at the 99 intro rate. Great. Okay? Uh, Thank you, Wendy. Yeah, you're welcome. So where can everybody else check? Where, like, where can they check you out online? Oh, so my website is wendylaurel.com. And my Instagram is Wendy Laurel. And that's pretty much it. I am not on Twitter because I can't figure out what to say. <laughs> and Facebook, I feel like, is dying or dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Timothy, where can they find you? Guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. I also make YouTube videos. So you can go to youtube.com slash Timothy Makeups Ditzler. That's a lot, but that's how you find me. <laughs> and uh, I also do like a solo podcast. It's called We Believe in Film. That is also on my YouTube and it's on SoundCloud. You know, Timothy Makeups. If you search any of those things, you'll find me. 
Cool. Chris, how about you? Where are you at? Uh, I am Crispy Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, I have a film only Instagram. It's Crispy Shoots Film. Uh, we are Analog Talk Pod on Instagram. Oh, I'm sorry, Analog Talk Pod on Twitter. We're Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook page you can like and a group you can join. And that's it for us. Awesome. Thank Yay. you, Wendy. This was awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. All right, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 All right, guys, first off, I want to thank Wendy Laurel for being our guest on this week's episode. Don't forget to head over to her website, wendylaurel.com. Use the promotional code ANALOG, and you'll get her double exposure PDF for $99, which is awesome. And I appreciate her doing that for us and the listeners. So head on over there. And I also wanted to remind you guys of our Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Uh, we have a bunch of perks over there. You know, you can donate anything from a dollar to $5,000. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, there's everything from stickers, pins. You can get a print from Chris and I. Uh, we do Instagram and show features. It's one of the tiers. We're also going to be doing live streams. And, you know, you could potentially even be a guest on our show for just being a Patreon. On. That's really cool. I would like to thank each and every one of you guys who already is one of the Patreons. And guys, we'll see you on next week's show. Later.